Hi guys, welcome to another edition of Through the Vise with myself, Nick SD. Great to have you back on board for another episode. In this episode, we'd like to be talking about the deals of 2018 and what other future progress from other racing series going onward. We'll start off where we left off in the last episode of the podcast with the WEC, as recently announced was the new calendar for the WEC season for 2018 into 2019, what's been called the Super Season. It's an idea that I like and it's a nice little challenging idea from the WEC organisers. It's starting off in May 2018 at Spa, being the first round of the season, then going on to Le Mans for the 24 hours. And then it's going to be going off to Silverstone in August, which is nicely and neatly going to be tied around with the European Le Mans series supporting that as well. Also another great announcement for the series was the announcement that Sebring will be back in 2019 in early March. I think it's a great idea to see Sebring back on a calendar again. I think it's a prestigious uh, racing circuit where a lot of teams do want to win and it's a very tough and demanding circuit for drivers as has been shown in plenty of races over the years with the Sebring 12 hours. It's a test of endurance with, with cars, especially Sebring because it's a, a part of it is still what we would classify as an old airport strip and it's just had a bit of a track around it so in terms of getting the car set up right for that circuit you really need to do make sure you get it right because it will punish the tires it does punish those uh, steering and suspension components on the circuit and it's a worthy circuit you want to win at so i'm really looking forward to seeing sebring back on the calendar of the wec another announcement that was made to the wec for the season of 2018 was the announcement that bmw will be entering into the gt category with the new m8 I really like in the pictures of the new M8. I think it will be competitive. I'd like to see another factory entrance, which was one of my requests uh, from the podcast episode last time round to have more manufacturers competing in the sport, which is great. Now we're having BMW as another factory team uh, competing against Aston and Corvette and the uh, manufactured back um, Scuderia team at Ferrari. I think the super competitive nature of the DT Pro series is really shining a good example in the WEC series. I think at the the moment the LMP1 series isn't really sort of catching eyes at the moment. I mean LMP2 provided fantastic racing in Austin. If you look back at the highlights on uh, several online platforms you'll be able to see the battle in LMP2 at Austin was absolutely fantastic and I really enjoyed that and again GT Pro provided some great racing in Austin. Uh, from the LMP1 perspective in Austin it was a good battle between Porsche and Toyota. It was kind of looking like it was going to be Porsche's day from the get-go. Their setup was really good. By no means was it a easy win, if you want to say that, because there is no way that Toyota make it ever easy for any of the races for Porsche. But they certainly, it certainly looked like it was a, it was Porsche's race to lose, if you will. So Toyota put a good race to them in Austin, but I think it was a good win for Porsche at Austin, definitely. So going. For forward for the remaining races of the WC calendar is looking very much like Porsche will win the championship. The other trophies in the series are undecided. The LMP2 series is undecided. The GT Pro series is undecided. My interest now as I was saying in the podcast with the WEC on how to save it was to hopefully bring better competition into us. Now what the WEC organisers have done is they brought out a survey online for public and the fans and the drivers, the teams. Anybody with an online connection can fill out this survey and 
voice their opinions about the WEC and where they'd like to see it going. I think it's a really good idea. It really has been one of those series that has reached out to the fans and has delivered on requests from fans. So I, I really do like their hands-on approach with this racing series and it has worked. I do like what they are doing. Moving on to Formula E now, which has Season 4 around the corner. Uh, disappointingly, we've had the UK round drop from the calendar, but equally exciting, we have a new round in Zurich, which means motorsport is back for the first time since 1954 as motorsport has been banned since and they are very tough on their on their laws in motoring in Switzerland despite the amount of gorgeous roads that they have now going over to the Blank Pan GT we had the Sprint Cup uh, championship decided at the Nürburgring with Robin Fringe and Stuart Leonard taking the championship and were the, were the championship winners in the Audi R8 I think the car that's been set up extremely well uh, for not just the Sprint Cup but also with the Endurance Series the Audi R8 has been proven um it took the championship in the nurburgring 24 hours it also took the top flights in the sprad 24 hours as well and by no means has it been a walkover for the ldr rates teams that have been racing in the sprint cup and the endurance series moving over to the uk series a fantastic congratulations to uh, rick parfit jr and seb morris for winning the british gt championship at donnington i enjoyed watching british gt championship a lot when i was younger when we had the lister we had the mclaren vying for the top spot and I kind of lost touch with it over as it got into the noughties with the credit crunch and sort of less teams and different kinds of cars competing in the British Tea Championship but since a popularity burst of the GT3 and GT4 championships which have really sort of risen up thanks to things like Blank Pan which have really helped I've enjoyed getting back into watching the British Tea Championship again and it was super competitive between the Barwell team with the Lamborghini and the Bentley team between St. Boris and Rick Parfitt Jr. I think they were a very well-matched team. I went down to Brands Hatch for the rounds before Donington and I enjoyed the race going over to 2018 and seeing how well that the Bentley team can do well to defend their crown. So congrats to, to Rick and Seb for their title winning day. Um, many congrats to them uh, hopefully defending it in 2018. Moving over to the British Touring Car Championship which is having its deciding round at Brands Hatch between Ashley Sutton and Colin Turkington. Brands Hatch is not a overtaking frenzy circuit if you will. You've got to make sure you've got the car set up well at Brands Hatch you want to be at the top front especially for that race it's a difficult one if you're on a reverse grid and you're a bit far down um, so I'll be looking forward to seeing how the team between Ash Sutton and Colin Turkington uh, will go at Brands Hatch I mean it's difficult to say what car will favor it more I mean I'd like to say it usually does favor the rear uh, wheel drive cars because when Honda had a great period of dominating when we had Gordon Shedding winning the championship it's difficult to say I mean I my money is on uh, Colin Turkerton doing well at Brands Hatch but Ash Sutton has proven a lot of critics wrong in this season and credit to him I think he's a fantastic driver that's got a lot of promising years still ahead of him I think it's a great series like the British Soul Korean Championship because Age does not matter with that one. Experience is very, very valuable. And having a team like like Jason Plato has been, I think, has been fantastic for Ash to work under. I think he's pushed on a lot of the great advice about how to compose himself in a series like the British Silver Car Championship because it is a physical season. It's a, a very demanding season as well, especially when you're racing that many races over a period of the weekend. Plus, you've got to qualify as well, and you've got the reverse grid. And, and there are no givens within the race 
race is is full on. I think that's what a lot of people do tune in to watch the British Touring Car Championship, and that's what it's all about. So, a very well fought championship between Ash Sutton and Colin Turkington. I think. If it does come down to it, I think that Ash Sutton might just prevail over Colin Turkington. But with Brands Hatch, as I said, possibly favouring the BMW, it'll be an interesting race to watch. Definitely looking forward to that. Now we're talking over to F1 and the announcements that have been made so far. In terms of what we had experienced in the Singapore Grand Prix as myself as a driver, this is sort of my take on it. From the start of the race, it did look like an aggressive move on Sebastian Vettel's half, but I think any driver can definitely put their hand on the heart and say that I do not want to go into the first corner without making sure the guy behind me is definitely behind me. So I think it was a move to make sure that he had the first line into the corner. Singapore is not a overtaking a mad place like Monza, where there's plenty of opportunities for you to take. So I can understand the reason for being you want to be first through that corner because Singapore went down to the time limit this year. It was unsurprisingly with the amount of incidents that was going on. I think what Liberty Media are doing is they are introducing safety cars again to make the interesting more interesting. I think this was complained about with Lewis on to the radio. We're saying, why can we have a virtual safety car? There's definitely some uh, truth in that matter, but there have been plenty of opportunities for them to throw the dice and just say, just keep it to a virtual safety car. But I think... For that race and how it was going so far, I think it was keeping the fans entertained, especially having the safety car out and having the idea that uh, Red Bull would get back into having a battle with Lewis for the and for the finish. And I think it, it just showed in the end that the Mercedes did have the power over the Red Bulls because over the, the course of the race, qualifying, yes, they were faster, it would seem, but over the race, I think the Mercedes had the pace and a deserved victory. I have to say, one of the, probably the most luckiest victories we can have to say, it's not not every day you have your rivals taken out in the first corner before even the first turn. With the announcement that McLaren are now going to be partnering by Renault, this could be the one last chance saving grace that McLaren have of keeping Fernando Alonso on their team, but he has still not signed that contract. Now, it'll be interesting going on to see whether Felipe Massa does announce his second retirement, because that will mean there is still a vacated seat for Fernando Alonso potentially to go to, because or Fernando Alonso will want to make sure that he has got a Q3 worthy team. Now, Williams have been strongly in Q3 majority through the season. They've had some ups and downs throughout the season, but they will always been a reliable Q3 team, which is obviously going to be appealing to Fernando. Now, it'll be interesting to see that how much uh, the Renault deal will convince Fernando Alonso to stay in McLaren for another year and now decide to partner along Stoffel van Dorm. So, with that being said, there are still other vacated seats at Toro Rosso. Now, Toro Rosso are going to be having the Honda partnership, and which leads us on to Red Bull. Now, before we go on to Red Bull, let's talk about Toro Rosso with the new Honda dealership. Now, Danny Kivir doesn't feel entirely safe at his position at Toro Rosso, but I think they, he has a strong case of saying, look, I, I've got the potential uh, at Toro Rosso to stay on for at least one more year. Fair enough. Now, what the most likely partnership at Danny Kivir at Toro Rosso will most likely be Pierre Gasly, who has absolutely shown a fantastic performance in the Super Formula Series in Asia, and I think he'd be a fantastic driver to step up to be a Toro Rosso driver with that any shadow of a doubt in my mind. 
Now going over to the team at Sauber, Pascal Verlein has not yet signed his contract with Sauber for another year. I think it would still be a good idea for him to stay on with Sauber for one more year. Although there may be the talk of him jumping to Williams because Williams are still backed by Mercedes and Pascal Verlein is a Mercedes-backed driver like Esteban Ocon who is now joining life as he's extended another year deal at Force India. So there could be the opportunity for Pascal Verlein to maybe jump ship over to Williams and then Williams having two youthful drivers that they can nurture and then raise up. But I think the best idea for a team is to have an experienced driver with a youthful then background for him to then train and then build up as I think that was a good idea which happened with Fernando teaching Stoffer van Dorn and Felipe Massa with Lance Stroll. I think it's worked as a good partnership. However, so what is looking like the case is Charles Leclerc has simply made his debut in the 2018 season as he is currently going to be sent to be testing uh, from Malaysia going onwards. Now, Charles Leclerc, I think, is probably the main most obvious arrival in F1 in certain years, who's like, completely ran away with the F2 championship and fully deserving of a drive. Now, potentially, he will be a Ferrari driver um, soon to come in a few years' time. Who knows? Because he has been a Ferrari junior-backed driver. Now, Sauber is a great bench team for drivers of the future to start off with. It has worked over the future. Some with some drivers made more than others. I mean, in this case, uh, Esteban Alcon has enjoyed that starting off in Sauber and then joining over to Force India. And for him, the sky has been the limit. And I think he's had a really good season at Force India and has really shown what kind of a capable driver that he is. Aston Martin have been a sponsor for Red Bull, but they are now looking over to becoming an inter supply and potentially a team going onwards. Now, Aston Martin have got tremendous pedigree in motorsports with their success in Le Mans and GT racing at the moment. So a step up into the big time leagues as an inch supplier, I think would be the best way to go before maybe starting off the brand factory team to see how the technology of F1 can really be brought into them. I think their hypercar situation with the Valkyrie shows they are ready to make F1 technology. Don't get me wrong, but an inch supplier, I think, is a great place for them to start. Now, also other deals that Red Bull potentially could be having in the future could be coming from Porsche. So the links between Porsche and Red Bull have been running pretty deep for the last few years because we have Dr. Helmut Marko, who is one of the chief heads of staff at Red Bull, was also a Porsche driver back in the days and also won Le Mans in the 917. So routes between F1 and Red Bull and Porsche are pretty much intertwined because we had Mark Webber who then jumped ship over to Porsche. We've had Red Bull back drivers like Brendan Hartley and Neil Yarny competing for the Porsche team and now with Porsche set to exit out into Formula E this could leave the door wide open for them as a supplier back into support Porsche are no by means unfamiliar with F1 they were successful engine suppliers with the McLaren team in the 80s and won the championship with them so this is not unfamiliar territory for them this all depends on how the rules will be changing over the last coming years this could affect of how whether Aston decide they want to join into it, whether Porsche decide they want to join into it as well. So this is a deal that we'll be looking forward to hopefully seeing in the future. Thanks for listening to this again, this little short podcast brought to you with Through the Visor. We'll look forward to more announcements coming through with the 2018 season, and I'm sure there'll be plenty to talk about over the next coming weeks. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe for more episodes to come.